It's the next level. That man won't quit as long as he can still draw a breath. None of my teammates will. Me? I've got a different problem. <laughs> I feel like I live in a world made of cardboard, always taking constant care not to break something, to break someone, never allowing myself to lose control, even for a moment, or someone could die. But you can take it, can't you, big man? What we have here is a rare opportunity for me to cut loose and show you just how powerful I really am. fans need to stop being so insufferable. I said those exact words several episodes ago. I I apologize. I can't remember which episode it was. But when I was talking a while back, I had mentioned about like fandom and how we have this incessant need to bitch, whine, moan, complain, tear down each other. Always. Everything's an argument. And, of course, then, what, in December, you know, Mandalorian proved that a fandom could come together and be happy as one when, you know, Luke Skywalker made his appearance on the Mandalorian. Fast forward to March, and we may be kind of going through what I call a Mandalorian moment again. I mean, and it's funny because just several, what, three, four years ago, we were told a certain movie, certain cut of of a movie did not exist. Fast forward to 2021, and the majority of people that have seen said cut of movie are all ranting and raving in a very positive manner. Now, I mean, yes, there's... There are the few people out there that, you know, are very negative about it. And there's no pleasing everybody. But as it stands right now, and I'm just going to point this out. On IMDb, said movie of the week that I'm going to be talking about is tied with Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame in terms of score. They all three films stand at 8.4 out of 10 currently. Now, I mean, IMDb fluctuates up and down all the time. 
and we've seen many movies that when they're first released oh they have a rating of like you know 9.7 out of 10 fast forward three weeks and it's got a rating of 3.6 out of 10 so i mean internet is internet does what it does but this week's episode i'm calling hashtag restore the snyderverse because i'm going to be talking about the justice league and i know you're thinking it's not a horror movie what is he why why are you talking about that on here well one there is elements of scary scenes frightening scenes horror type stuff in the movie but also the thing is is that this movie happening it's a lot of it's a lot of cool things to talk about so i was like you know what i i i'm, I'm kind of going back to my roots when i first started podcasting i was doing a comic book based podcast the bats bows and books podcast which i know i had a weird t- name to it and whatnot but whatever and i talked about comic book movies comic books and all that sort of stuff and then i mean i went like many other people i went through this comic book burnout where it was like okay i'm done i've had enough like i mean like i know i just you know like everyone else i was watching wandavision but to be fair, that was the only Marvel property I was looking forward to watching. I mean, we just got Falcon and that Winter Soldier. I'm in the minority on this, I know, but like it felt like a letdown. Only because WandaVision was so batshit crazy and out there that it was like... I'm watching this Falcon and Winter Soldier show going, well, this just feels kind of normal. Um, it's kind of bland. Now, it's not. It was a good show and all that, but... This is that comic book burnout that I'm talking about where I watch these things and I'm like, eh, alright, whatever. Even with DC properties, I was kind of slipping away from them. And then, I mean, I knew, I knew the Snyder Cut was coming. I knew we were getting this Justice League. Here in Canada, it was, you know, premiering on Crave. Uh, in the US and other places in the world, it was HBO Max. And I was like... I, I okay to, to really put this in perspective I hate Crave I wasn't even going to get Crave I I got it specifically for this movie now I also found out there are a few other things on there that I am going to watch but to be fair like streaming services one we have too many of them now it's like it, it, at a point when you know like we used to it, we, we, we would complain about cable TV and now it's like we've got streaming services coming out of the ass. Like, like they're coming out of everywhere. Anyways, Crave was one of those services. It's run by Bell Canada, and I, I didn't care for it. I was like, eh, I don't want it, whatever. But I knew they were getting Justice League. Side note, really, really quick. Uh, not getting Godzilla versus Kong, which the rumor was they were now they're not as a matter of fact godzilla versus kong is going to theaters kids in canada where most theaters are closed don't know how they're making any money off that but hey that's water under the bridge i'm not worried about it i have my ways i will see this movie anyways getting back to this movie on you know this topic and whatnot so yes crave not necessarily a service I wanted to invest money in. I've now signed up for a three-month trial period at half price just so I could watch Justice League. What did I think of Justice League? Well, that's what this episode is going to be about. 
The reason why I'm calling it hashtag restore the Snyderverse is because myself, along with like pretty much almost everyone I know that has seen this movie, feels the same way about it. To the point where it's like we've now seen what Zack Snyder was doing. We now get the full picture. We want more. Will we get it? Probably not, but I'm still going to talk about this movie. So, let's move on (laughs) and get to the point. Because, I mean, seriously, the reason why this episode is happening is because this movie was released and it made a 45-year-old man feel young again by unraveling the story I always knew existed. When I say I always knew it existed, here is my thing. Okay, so... (laughs) For several years now, I've felt like I've been on the defense with the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe. Because Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, both movies very polarizing, and in more cases than not, I usually ended up having to defend why I like these movies so much. But then we got Justice League in 2017. A movie that was supposed to be Zack Snyder's, but due to issues out of his control, what with his daughter passing away to mental illness, um, and just, you know, his family, his family life, his private life was falling apart. He needed to step away from it and whatnot. I know there were rumors out there in the media that he got fired from Warner Brothers and blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. You know, media loves to tell its stories. Anyways... Zach has to pull away from the movie. Joss Whedon is brought in. Now, Joss, he likes to sniff his own farts quite a lot. But, yes, he did give us a great series in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He gave us Angel. He gave us Firefly. He's done some really good things. Thing is, is that the man's ego has probably gotten way, way too big. Um, Because myself, personally, I don't think he's the great storyteller he used to be. That's not to say he's bad at it. I mean, that first Avengers movie, he was behind that, and it was amazing. You know, Cabin in the Woods is a personal favorite movie of mine in the horror genre. He's responsible for that. Age of Ultron? Not so much. But anyways, Age of Ultron did give us Vision. No, and Vision is a great character, and it introduced Scarlet Witch, which, again, like I said, I watched WandaVision because that was the one I wanted to watch. Um... So the thing is, is that you bring in Joss Whedon to Justice League, he rewrites pretty much 75% of the movie, takes out a whole crap ton ton of footage, puts in all this new footage, he gives us the CGI lip, he gives us the the quippy little Batman, and not to mention the argument between Diana and Batman that was way out of character for both characters. Um, You've got way too much humor, a Danny Elfman score that, yes, it was beautiful and, you know, gave us throwbacks to Superman's theme and Batman's theme and all this other stuff. And sure, it was great, but tonally, that Justice League movie did not fit with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I always kind of felt that there was a story we weren't being told here. There was something that was very disjointed with that 2017 Justice League because the way I always saw it was this. Man of Steel, the reason why he's not the Superman we all knew and loved is because he wasn't supposed to be yet. The movie's called Man of Steel because he's not Superman. He's the Man of Steel. Batman v Superman, yes, he's called Superman by the public. Not so much by himself, though, or his peers. And as a matter of fact, the movie, the whole point of that movie 
is about the loss of direction. Batman has lost his way. Superman has lost his way. And that's why these two end up colliding because Lex sets it up to have God versus man. He's never meant to be the Superman we know yet. Enter in now, 2021. We finally get Zack Snyder's vision for the Justice League. And what did we get? Well, let's look at that casting crew. I mean, okay, <laughs> I don't have much of this written down. This is right off the top of my head. Obviously directed by Zack Snyder, written by Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio, starring people like Henry Cavill as Clark Kent Superman, Amy Adams as Lois Lane, Ben Affleck as Batman Bruce Wayne, uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman slash Diane Prince. We have Ray Fisher as Cyborg, Ezra Miller as The Flash. We have Willem Dafoe as Volca. We have, um, who else is in here? Joe Morton as Silas Stone. Uh, Amber Heard as Mira. And stop! I'm going to say something really quick on that. Because there's apparently an article floating around on the internet from We Got This Covered that says that Amber Heard is pissed off at WB for making her quit Aquaman. I hate to be the burden of bad news for all of you who are anti-Amber Heard, but no, she has not been taken away from Aquaman 2. She was not told to be, to quit. She was not fired. She's not anything. She is still a part of this movie. And to be fair, okay, is she a crazy woman? I don't fucking know. I don't know her. I don't know Johnny Depp either, okay? The whole Johnny Depp-Amber Heard thing has become one big, like, circus and I'm expecting to see the two of them on Oprah next because, like, what the fuck? If you want to be all anti-Amber Heard and not watch anything she's in anymore, then go nuts. That's that's your prerogative and whatever. I'm, I'm of the sound mind that, you know what, I don't know this woman. Obviously, these other actors didn't mind working with her because it shows on the screen that they all, you know, came together and made a beautiful film together. Not to mention she's really great in Aquaman as well. I know some people think her acting is wooden in that but i didn't personally think so but whatever the thing is is that much in the same tone as i would say about marilyn manson richard stanley joss whedon <laughs> joss i mean i'm just talking about him but apparently he's not a very nice man behind the scenes i i don't know these people personally okay i i'm not gonna sit here and make judgment calls on them so was Amber Heard good in Justice League? I personally think so, okay? And I'm going to stick by that. Um, in terms of other cast, let's see. Uh, Siren Hines was the voice of Steppenwolf. Ray Porter was the voice of Darkseid. Uh, well, if you've listened this far, you know I'm probably going to spoil a little bit. It's a certain... Uh, Let's just say there's seven Justice League members in this movie, and the seventh was played by Harry Lennox, who we've seen in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. He's playing a certain superhero at the end of this. Um, it's a small little role, but hey, it is what it is. Um, Joe Manganiello returns as Deathstroke. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. As you can see, like, I know this movie pretty good. I didn't have any of this written down, and this is all off the top of my head. Um, soundtrack music was done by Tom Holkenberg, a.k.a. Junkie XL, who worked with Hans Zimmer on the Batman vs. Superman soundtrack. Um, 
Which I must say, like, the thing is, is, like, that that's something that definitely changed the whole tone of of this movie. Like, we went from having Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL in those first two films. Well, Junkie XL wasn't part of Man of Steel, but he worked on Batman v Superman. And then we get to that 2017 Justice League, and we have Danny Elfman, somebody who has a completely different style and completely different approach to music. Not that it's bad, because Danny Elfman gave us one of the greatest themes of all time in that Batman theme from 1989. On top of several other hundreds of great themes in music, Danny Elfman is a musical genius. I'm not taking away from that. But the thing is, is that his music didn't fit tonally with what we had previous which that's another thing about this movie is the tone now when we had the 2017 justice league joss whedon brought a bunch of color and he made it happy and quippy where it didn't fit with what we had in man of steel and batman v superman now that we've gotten Zack snyder's vision we have the tone we have the soundtrack by tom holkenberg and we have the cast and crew that if you've seen any of the behind-the-scenes footage on the internet, anywhere, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, you see that the cast love working with Zack Snyder. Now, we can't say the same about Joss Whedon. I mean, Ray Fisher came out and said some pretty damning things about Joss Whedon, to which the rest of the cast did not deny it. As a matter of fact, some of them even went as far as to agree. So, you have a director that people want to work for. You have a cast that brought their heart and soul into this. And you have a fan base. Let's not forget the fan base. The reason why this episode is called Hashtag Restore the Snyderverse is because of the fans. It is a fan movement. It's the second of uh, two, really, because the first one was the Snyder Cut. It was Hashtag Snyder Cut, Hashtag Give Us the Snyder Cut, whatever, it, whatever you could think of. People were putting this hashtag together and saying, we want this. They raised, what was it, something like... Is it a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, um, like U.S. dollars that they, you know, the fans put towards, um, like mental health facilities and whatnot? The, the you know, because we all know what, what's the reason that the main reason Zach walked away from Justice League was because his daughter lost her life in the battle against mental health issues and whatnot. Um, which at the very end of this movie, spoilers, hello, but it's there's a little dedication at the end of the movie. It says, for autumn. That does not mean that in the autumn we are getting Justice League 2. What that means is, is this movie was made with her memory in mind. Um, there is a lot of heart in this movie. There is a lot of passion. You see actors coming together and putting together performances that are engaging they're mind-blowing they're they're emotionally driven um and let's let's keep in mind that something else okay so i was talking about how man of steel was you know not superman yet batman versus superman is like lost heroes then we get to justice league justice league not only does it give us the superman that we are more accustomed to and acquainted with but it answers all those questions you had before this was the third part. This was the third act. Um, Zach does things differently, apparently. Um, a, lo a lot of directors and a lot of different movie projects and whatnot will have the third, the three acts within one movie. 
while he has three acts in each movie, at the same time, each movie was its own act as well. Um, so we get a lot of the answers we didn't have before. I'm not going to spoil a whole lot because there is the possibility that somebody listening to this hasn't seen this yet. But a lot of things are addressed. A lot of things are answered. Um, and now that we have the three stories together, I'm, and, and I'm going to say this right now, I don't expect that all of a sudden it's going to change people's minds about Man of Steel or Batman v Superman. People may still walk away from those movies going, these movies are not that good. I'm not one of those people. I personally love both movies, but there are people out there that are going to say, no, this is, this is not, you know, those two movies might are still not that good. This is a masterpiece. That is a word that has been thrown around a lot. I have seen several hundreds of comments where people are saying, this is a masterpiece. This is a motion picture. This is a four-hour movie, which is an interesting side topic because I do see certain people online saying four hours is too long. These are probably the same people who got through season one of Stranger Things in a night sitting. Or the same kind of people who will say, I'm not going to watch Game of Thrones while it's airing, because when it's done, I'm going to blitz the whole season. <laughs> I find it kind of funny that we're intimidated by a four-hour movie, but yet people will think nothing of blitzing TV series like, it, like, like, like it's water. You know, and I saw this even when I was watching Arrow back in the days or Sons of Anarchy or whatever. These people that would be like, I'm not going to watch it while it's running because when it's done, I'm just going to blitz the whole thing in one day. You have no problem doing that, but a four-hour movie scares you? The Lord of the Rings is looking at you right now. So is Scarface and Godfather and, you know, the Star Wars trilogy, which so many people can seem to get through in one sitting. Um Gee, what else? Uh, Gandhi, um, Schindler's List, uh, the Titanic. Uh, what other ones are out there? Shit, there's like a ton of them. Um, did I say the Godfathers? There's Godfather 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I believe I made the joke. What uh, Was it last week, last episode or whatever? When uh, I said something about pretty much any Al Pacino movie. <laughs> I didn't know how to make short films. But... Um, like, that's the thing, right? Like, I, even myself, like, and, and trust me, a four-hour movie didn't scare me. But it, there's so many times, like, I, and I was just saying on the the past episode, you know, Sons of Anarchy, I started with episode one. Next thing I knew, I was already ha almost done season two. Like, we, as, we, where we're at right now in with this, with the world of technology and the way our culture is, is going and whatnot, Four-hour movies should not scare you. Matter of fact, specifically, right before starting to record this, I just got done watching the second documentary called In the Search of Darkness Part 2. Uh, four hours and 38 minutes long, and I watched it in one sitting. Um, it's not hard to do. Uh, and I will say this, watching Justice League, to keep on topic with what this whole episode is about, when I was watching Justice League, it did not feel like four hours. It is, uh, one, it's a gorgeous film. It's beautifully shot. Absolutely gorgeously shot. Yes, in a 4-3 aspect ratio. I will talk about that in one second. But the, the point I wanted to highlight on is that this movie does not feel like four hours long. 
first off, it is broken up into chapters. So if you, if honestly, if you need a break, you need to take a pee break, you want to go make a snack, you want to go take a walk and come back and finish it, whatever, there are chapter breaks. You know, there's cha- there's part one, part two, part three. I think there's six parts in an epilogue. You can pause it at one of those spots. Um, in terms of the aspect ratio, it's a four to three aspect ratio. And the reason why... Uh, for that is because the movie was meant to be presented on IMAX screens in the theaters. Now, I, this is something I've noticed for uh, quite a while, but some people don't notice it, whatever. It's one of those things that if you're not really paying attention, you don't notice it. When some movies are, are brought to the screen, to an IMAX screen, when you get the Blu-ray release or you get the home video release or the digital download or whatever it is, you might notice that sometimes the aspect ratio keeps changing throughout the movie. At one point, you'll have where it's like, you know, the full TV screen is fully, you know, has the full screen. And then the next scene in that, you know, in that movie or whatever, there'll be bars along the top and the bottom of the screen, giving it more of a, a condensed widescreen look. And then it goes back to full screen and then it goes back to the bars on top and bottom. That's because IMAX films, the way they're filmed, there's a, it's a it's a bigger screen height wise as well as width. The fact that this film is presented in a four three aspect ratio, and I've seen people online saying, "Well, next time I'd like to watch it in widescreen." You technically are seeing it in widescreen. You are seeing the full screen because most widescreen films, what a lot of people don't realize is the top and bottom get cut off. So that it fills your TV or it fills that that theater screen. Um, so Zack Snyder actually, by leaving it in a four three aspect ratio, was giving you the full IMAX experience by doing that. Yeah, okay. So some people find it annoying because you have bars on the sides of your TV, you know, the black bars on the left and right and whatnot. But honestly, he was giving you the full picture you're able to see everything as it was someone also highlighted on the internet and i thought this was kind of interesting that because it was in the four three aspect ratio it actually makes the heroes look larger than life because you're also giving it that height as much as you are as the width so that was kind of an interesting thing to think about as well um oh what else to talk about jared leto Jared Leto, um, the internet was informed he would be in this movie, so I'm not spoiling anything by saying this. But I am going to say that last night I decided to take in the Suicide Squad movie again. The reason why was because after seeing Justice League, which I have watched twice now, by the way, I might add, um, I wanted to compare Jokers because Suicide Squad, to be honest, I'd only watched, I think I watched it once. Well, I saw it once in the theaters and then once when I bought the Blu-ray and that's it. So, and I couldn't really remember. I mean, yeah, everybody remembers the tattoos and the fact that he's got sort of like this gangster motif going on and whatnot. But, I mean, I wanted to really compare the two. And to be fair, one thing that I kind of noticed is that in the look that he has for the Justice League movie, okay, first off, he's got the longer hair, which, you know, he's just got Leto-length hair, basically. Um, but where some of the tattoos were on his face in Suicide Squad are now where he has stitches on his face, almost as if he cut the tattoos off. Now, keep in mind, it's part of a nightmare sequence, so we don't know if this really happens or not is it a premonition is it something the flash put in bruce's head 
we're, we we kind of get more of an answer to that. But unfortunately, if Warner Brothers do, you know, decide that they are going to stop it here and Zack Snyder will do no more DC movies, we will never fully get that answer, but we get to at least see a bit more of it. We also get to see Affleck as Batman up against Leto's Joker for once. That is um, quite a nice exchange. I will also say, though, that when comparing the Suicide Squad Joker to Justice League Joker, uh, the laugh is the same. So he didn't change the laugh very much. He does seem like he's more focused this time around, though, in the Justice League. So that's kind of nice. But then again, we also know that there supposedly is an Ayer cut, uh, David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad that we never saw. Um Apparently more Joker scenes were in there and whatnot, and we did actually get to see some interaction between Joker and Batman that we didn't actually get. Um, I know Warner Brothers already put the axe in that one and said, no, we're not, we're not doing that. That's not happening. So <sighs> studios doing what studios do best. Sometimes I can understand why Marvel have their own fucking studio because it's something DC should start considering. But anyways... That's a whole nother story. Um, more or less, in terms of the Justice League, how do I feel about this movie? This is my whole thing. This is what I wanted. For four hours, I had a permagrin planted on my face. At times, I had goosebumps. At times, there were tears of joy. At times, I was emotionally moved. This, this is the Justice League, and, and my, own, my, my little sister even said this. I've had friends that hated Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman saying what I'm about to say, and that is, why didn't we get this Justice League in the theaters? And I know, everyone's like, well, it's four hours long. Like I said, Lord of the Rings is looking at you right now. And we got through Return of the King. Which, Return of the King theatrical version was over three and a half hours long. The theatrical version. That's not even the extended version. Which is almost at four hours long. So, the thing is, is that if you give people a good story, they'll sit in a theater for four fucking hours to watch a movie. We should have got this version. Unfortunately, Warner Brothers, you know, didn't... I, there, was, there was an interview, um, I think it's Variety Magazine posted it, with Zack Snyder. In which he was... He's talking about some of the ideas they had for future films. And there was supposedly a storyline where Lois Lane would be pregnant. And they were going to have sort of like it... Um, it would sort of be like this mystery as to whether or not it'd be Bruce Wayne's kid or Clark Kent's like Kal-El's whatever. Um, and, and at one point, like Zack Snyder's talking about like the him and Chris Terrio came up with this script and they had all these ideas for the next two justice league movies and whatnot. And Warner brothers basically shot down the ideas, told them, no, you're not going to do this, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And Zack Snyder basically says in the interview, he's like, yeah, I guess we were fucking nuts. Um, the thing is, is that the, the Lois Lane pregnancy thing is hinted at in Justice League. 
and nobody's batting an eye about it. Nobody's pissed off about it. It's like, this might have actually been something of a solid story to go on. Um, there's also the, the, the whole idea of the what they were calling the Batfleck movie. You know, the Batman movie that Ben Affleck would be in and Joe Manganiello would be Deathstroke. It recently came out that they wanted to have a fight scene that almost emulated that Batman Arkham Origins trailer from 2013 when there's Deathstroke and Batman battling in the snow in the cold winter in, you know, Gotham docks and whatnot. They wanted to have a fight scene like that in that movie. That This is what fans wanted. Like, and that's the thing. It, it, Warner Brothers would be complete fucking idiots not to allow him to continue on, which apparently as of today, it's been reported this won't happen. Um, I'm not going to give up on it quite yet. I will continue to use the hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I think Warner Brothers needs to get a fucking clue here. It's almost unanimous. I have very few friends that either have not watched Justice League yet or that didn't like it. And I mean, like I said, I had friends that were against the original films that came away walking, walked away from this going, okay, I'm in. Warner Brothers really needs to smarten the fuck up. They need to start listening to people. Now, I, and I understand, maybe there's contracts that have come up. I, I know Zack Snyder in May has, through Netflix, he has Army of the Dead coming up. And he really wants to do Iron Rands, The Fountainhead. Um, so maybe he's going to be unavailable too. I, I don't know. The thing is, is that this movie was so fucking good. I hold Wonder Woman at a 10 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to say this right now. Here, here, here's the podcast zero rating on this. <laughs> I hold Wonder Woman at a 10 out of 10 in my opinion. And again, this is my opinion. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. It's just how I feel. Wonder Woman is almost almost the perfect film in my opinion this justice league is probably at like a 9.7 out of 10 on imdb i had to give it a rating of 9 out of 10 because i couldn't go you can't go in the middle i couldn't give it 9.5 so it was either a 9 or a 10 and i gave it a 9 i probably should have just given it a 10 but either way that this is the this is the dilemma i have when my number one and my number two films are like almost parallel. I, it's nuts. It, this this movie was... A, the stories for The Flash and Cyborg are stretched out. Not stretched out in a bad way. They're stretched out that we finally have some backstory. Something that was missing from the first film. Okay, and I'm going to highlight something. This is somewhat of a joke, but at the same time, this movie probably could have been condensed by like 30 minutes um, if Zack Snyder didn't use so many slow-mo shots. That is one criticism I do have about the movie. Too many slow-mo shots. However, on the flip side of that, I did also see some people saying, well, the reason why there's so many, there's so many slow-mo shots is because you have... Superman, who's faster than a speeding bullet. You have the Flash, who runs at the speed of light. And you have Wonder Woman, who is just simply, like, you know, she's part God. So, <laughs> they move so fast, that's why they slow it down. That made sense. 
I'm not going to lie. That, when I, when I, I saw someone say that online, I was like, oh, yeah, you got a good point there. I can't argue that. But at the same time, yes, a little too much use of the slow-mo the slow motion shots and whatnot. So yes, this movie could have, you know, essentially been a three and a half hour movie if there wasn't so much of that. But at the same time, the attention to detail at the same time just makes up for it. Cause it's just, it's beautiful. Except when flash is playing with Iris West's hair. I, I don't get that, but <laughs> I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to show that in, in the Flash's perception of the world with everything moving so slow around him, how he can take the time out to play with a girl's hair while he's saving her from a car crash that could, you know, fatally like, you know, end her life kind of thing. I get that. But at the same time, I was like, "Mm, we're wasting time. There's also a scene at the very beginning of the film where Aquaman, you know, goes into the water. Oh yes. Aquaman played by Jason Momoa. (laughs) I think I forgot him when I was mentioning cast and crew. Anyways, um, when Aquaman, (laughs) that's so bad. Cause I remembered Mira. (laughs) I remembered Aquaman, but, um, Jason Momoa is going into the water and then there's like this like scene where it's like these like Nordic women are like singing some song that we don't even get subtitles for. So we don't even know what the words are and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. Um, probably didn't need that in the movie, but it is what it is. I mean, it also shows that they worship him like a God. So I kind of get it at the same time, but, or as you know, some jokes on the internet have said, this is the horniest woman ever. And shows the woman like sniffing his sweater. It's kind of funny, but, um, yeah, I may have actually forgot about Jason Momoa when I was talking about cast and crew and Jeremy Irons as Alfred as well, which Jeremy Irons was something I loved even in the 2017 version. I still love him in this, um, but yeah, like I said, I didn't write down notes, right? So this is off the top of my head, but I may have forgotten Jason Momoa. Whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> which I just watched Aquaman the other day. So how did I forget him? But I did anyways. Um, I'm going to tie this up now though. Uh, I've talked quite a bit, but essentially like, I mean like this movie is amazing. This movie is what DC fans have been wanting for a long time. I know I was more than ecstatic about it. And I mean, the the morning that it, it quote unquote dropped on Crave and HBO Max, uh, not only did it crash H- HBO Max in several parts of the world, um, but that night, like I, I had to work and the next morning, like pretty much like was out the door, walked home as fast as I possibly could, walked in the door, made some food and started watching the movie. I didn't stop till the movie was done. I think I took like a a 30 second pee break and that was it. Um, This movie was engaging. It was enlightening. It was fun. You, you laughed, you cried, you were excited, you cheered. There were the, the fights between Wonder Woman and Steppenwolf. Oh my God. Like my arms were up in the air cheering. Like I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, When Superman finally shows up in the black suit, uh, yes, he's in the black suit this time. And when he shows up, his first off, his comments to Steppenwolf are true iconic Superman way of talking to someone, um, and and especially his adversary and whatnot. It so much was done so well in this movie that 
four hours. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You could have made this six hours and I still would have watched it and I would have loved every second of it. It's a passion project that Zack Snyder has done. The actors came together for it. You can tell what scenes are probably the additional scenes and reshoots as opposed to what weren't. And let me just say there's not many of them. What we get is what Zack had originally filmed. I think the only real added footage to this is the last four minutes of the movie. In which you can kind of tell it's uh, is Ben Affleck for what, you know, um, he looks a little bit thinner. Not much, but you can see it. And that's about it. But at the same time, that those additional scenes that were added, they don't really have a time frame. So for all we know, this could have been a year later after, you know, set events of Justice League and, you know, can, you know, defeating Steppenwolf and whatnot. Um, there's just there's there's so much to talk about. The, the fact that uh, spoilers, <laughs> um, the Adam is uh, Ryan Choi is brought into this movie. He was nowhere in the 2017 film. And we get to see Ryan Choi, uh, who would eventually become the Adam. Um, the other Adam, because a lot of people are familiar with Ray Palmer as the Adam, and there was also Ryan Choi. Uh, we get to see him in this movie. Um, there, it, it's just, it, it's so well done. And it was so amazing. <sighs> And it's just, it's nice for once. I don't actually feel like I have to be on the defense. You know, like I, I it, when I'm telling people that I enjoyed the Justice League movie, I don't have someone saying, well, that's not my Superman or Batman doesn't kill or this and that. I, I don't feel like I have to defend the movie. Like it's just, it, the movie, it, 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 people are happy with it for the most part. You know, there's been the odd comment, yes. I mean, you're not going to please everyone. No movie ever does. Not even a movie like Forrest Gump. Oh, there's another long movie for you. But I, I've had discussions with people about Forrest Gump. I was not a huge fan of it. And I have friends that are the same way. And then I have other friends that, you know, swear by that movie. They think it's one of the greatest things ever. I have friends that are huge Robin Williams uh, fans. My two favorite movies by Robin Williams are Good Morning Vietnam and Robots. Now, Good Morning Vietnam, I, some people can get that one. But when I say robots, I get like the weirdest looks. But it's one of my favorites. It doesn't mean, it ha it doesn't mean that it has to be someone else's. To highlight the point, we as fans need to stop being so insufferable. I'm going to continue pushing this. We need to start letting people love what they want to love. And right now, it's just nice that I don't feel like I have to defend my opinions on a DC movie. Because every other fucking movie that has come out, I've had to defend where I stand on it. Uh, maybe with the exception of Wonder Woman 1984, because there's really not a lot of people that like that movie. Um, I, there's things I like about it. There's things I don't like about it. Um, it's the same with the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. Um, there's things I like about it, but there's things I don't. I, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, I will say she's got it down. She's nails that character i wasn't a big fan of the black canary or cassandra kane cassandra kane in that movie but it is what it is um i will add one final note because uh, i'm gonna give you a lurker's recommendation 
Most of you probably already watched it. It's me who's late to the party, but I am having a fucking ball of a time with the Harley Quinn animated series that I did not think I was going to like. As a matter of fact, I think I've even talked about it on this podcast that it just seemed inanely stupid to me. Well, I kind of gave it a chance and, well, let's just say Poison Ivy is my spirit animal. Oh my god. I just love that series it's just it's fun and I, i'm looking forward to finishing it off because i'll probably finish it like season two. i'm i'm at about the halfway point of season one but they're all 20 what 22 minute episodes it won't take long gun through four hour movie oh no yeah um yeah so <laughs> give it a rating let's say 9.5 out of 10 uh justice league i think is is almost impeccable there's plot points there's a there's plot or plot holes sorry there's little things here and there and whatnot but hashtag restore the snyderverse i don't think fans are going to give up on this all that easily even though warner brothers is pretty much saying that you know we have new and exciting things on the way yes well the new and exciting things that the fans want is justice league 2 and justice league 3 and we want them done the snack this that i almost called him snack cider uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder way um, anyways I want to thank you all for listening I want to thank you for tuning in if you're looking for the show on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh, Facebook uh, at what, facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero and Twitter WLB podcast zero uh, where to find the show the show will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, FM Player, pretty much anywhere that you can stream podcasts. I know that uh, I recently was just talking with Ben today about the future of the show, um, the future of the shows from the Next Level Network, nextlevelnetwork.com. We will eventually, hopefully very soon, be headed to... um, streaming apps like stitcher um amazon amazon podcasts or like i think it's like amazon music but they offer podcasts and whatnot we will be on there very shortly so that is something to look forward to like i said nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero there's the website what lurks behind podcast the email what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com i never mentioned that i don't know why but yeah so check that out um like i said lurkers recommendation the harley quinn animated series i've been enjoying the fuck out of that okay um finally next week's episode will be the leprechaun episode that i promised you i kind of realized you know what let's end march off with the saint patrick's day themed episode so leprechaun will be next week the month of april i have a theme i'm going with there will be four episodes in the month of april and i already have them picked out doing things kind of differently uh somewhat inspired by recent events obviously justice league and this episode uh is april will be a superhero month but done differently what I mean by that is it won't be your typical like Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern kind of shit. Uh, we're going to go with some of the darker comic book heroes um, to give you a hint, to give you sort of an idea what we're looking at. Um, 
let's just say one of the episodes will be Spawn. Um, let's see. One of them will be Blade. And I'm going to stop there. There's two more that I'm not going to tell you about. But it just gives you an idea where we're going with this. Uh, they will be comic book superheroes, but it's going to be from the darker aspects um, of the comic book world. So that will be the month of April. And then uh, going into the month of May, there's a few listener requests I'll be doing. Uh, which eventually is going to lead up to episode 100, which I have already picked the movie review for that one because I'm saving it for a good one. So that's that. And I think that's about it. There's nothing really else to say. I think I've pretty much said everything about Justice League that I wanted to. I tried to keep spoilers to a minimum, obviously. Um, And uh, yeah, (laughs) It's going to be fun when I go back and, you know, edit this and re-listen to it because I really have a feeling I forgot Jason Momoa (laughs) when I was talking about the cast and crew. It's like, how can I forget him? Like, dude, he's hilarious in this movie. And yes, they do take the line out where Bruce Wayne says to Arthur Curry, I hear you talk to fish. That was a Joss Whedon thing. Not in this version. Anyways, that's that. Thank you for listening. And next week, Leprechaun. On that note, it's a cut. You need to shut the fuck up. strong enough. If you can't bring down the charging bush, then don't wave the red cape at it. You were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, find out what that reason is. said the age of heroes will never come again.